0: You are listening to the Resonate Church Sermon Podcast. Resonate is a collegiate church planning network in the Northwest. If you'd like to learn more, please visit us at resonate.net. Happy New Year, Resonate Church. My name is Keith Evans, and I get to be with you on this first Sunday of 2021. I'm guessing that by now you have probably said at least once Whew. 2020 is finally over. It's finally 2021. I mean, think about it. I mean, you've talked about it a, a, a jillion times, right? Just how difficult 2020 was uh, from, from the racial struggles and all kinds of things in our economy. But of course, the biggest thing was that little, that little germ that we can't even see that impacted the whole world. I, I'm not even sure if a year from now we had ever heard the word COVID, or most of us, and today it is a, just an incredibly uh, part, a common part of our vocabulary that we use every day, and it's happening all over the world. Um, but 2020, I mean, you're probably familiar with all the, the memes that, that you know show how bad 2020 was. I actually uh, came across one that I, I wanted to show you. I think it's a pretty good picture of our plans. Uh, it, it took place when Randy Johnson, who was a professional uh, major league pitcher for the Arizona Diamondbacks, through a 105 mile an hour fastball was was pitching in a game, and somehow this bird flies by at exactly the time he throws. I want to, I want to just show you this, and just see it's kind it's just this amazing thing. And so to me, it's sort of like the bird, like our plans for 2020, and and all of a sudden, all of a sudden they're gone because of COVID-19 and so many things, and. And that is a pretty good picture of at least what our plans were for last year. In fact, it got to the point, didn't it, that if something bad would happen or a a new challenge would come, we'd just say, 2020, it just became its own, own little saying there. And we'd say, I can't wait for 2021 to get here. Well, it's finally here. It's here. So, how you doing? I, how you doing? Is your life your life better? Your life all better now? I hope it is. I hope it is. But if it is, uh, it probably isn't because the calendar changed, right? I mean, the new year is a great time for us to to reboot, to get a, a new start, to, to get some new perspectives. But we all know that just getting to 2021 is not the answer to our struggles. COVID doesn't read a calendar. It's a Trials and problems don't make an appointment, and there are going to be other challenges along the way. There are going to be changes that come our way, and, and one, one example of that is uh, Josh and Amy Martin are going to be moving to San Antonio next month. That's that's a big uh, a big change. I mean, God has used Josh and Amy to impact so many of our lives uh, in so many ways, and and. Most of us, or I guess all of us have never known Resonate without Josh in a very important role and, and being a very important part of it. it's going to be a new season for us, especially at the Pullman campus and congregation. Uh, there're going to be going to be changes coming but it's, that's just that's one of many others probably that we don't know about. So let me ask you this question. What if 2021 is a mirror of 2020. What if 2021 isn't any better than 2020? Well, aren't you Mr. Optimistic? I'm so glad I came to church today, right? Uh, I know, I know, but just, just stay with me there for a minute because the truth is, and I think you, you know this, the truth is if we're hoping that just a new year is gonna bring us a better life or, or a new year is gonna bring us more peace, and that's a pretty passive approach to it, isn't it? And ultimately, we know this too as followers of Christ, the peace of God in our life is not determined by how good or how bad our circumstances are. Now, applying that truth is, is easier said than done, and all of us have room to grow in that. Uh, but I, what I want to do today is I, wanna, I want us to, to think about this and how can we grow How can we grow more intimately in our relationship with Christ? How can we know His peace no matter what 2021 turns out to be? And I want to do that by eventually, through the message, giving us two questions that we can ask maybe even daily. I think we'll help strengthen our own relationship with Christ, our trust in Him, uh, our intimacy with Him. And and so we're going to get there, and I want to do that from the book of Joshua in the Old Testament. So I want to invite you to turn there with me. We're going to look right at the beginning, starting chapter 1 of Joshua. Let me just set up a little bit of what's been happening uh, as the book gets started. Uh, The Israelites, they've been in, in the desert, in the wilderness for 40 years, wandering in circles. But they're about to enter, not a new year, but a new season. They're about to enter a new land. See, for all this time, their leader had been Moses, but Moses has just died and God is raising up a a new leader for them, Joshua, to lead them to this new land that the Bible calls the promised land, the the land that God had promised them. So they're, they're really on the cusp of this new day. But there's a problem because between where they are and where they need to be, uh there's something there's a barrier there's something in the way it's like they can't get there from here and that barrier is the jordan river it's uh it's during harvest time it's at flood stage it's it's too wide it's too rough it's too deep for them to cross so they they've got a problem god's calling them someplace that they don't know how they're going to get there and and isn't that like the lord the lord does this so often So often when we follow Him, He calls us to places that we can't get to on our own, that we can't get to without Him. And so I want us to walk through this. We're going to to see two truths and actions that we take from this passage. But let's just start at the beginning in verse 1, and it's kind of a longer passage. I want to read the first nine verses with you, and we'll come back. It says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun." Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land as I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful and to do everything written in it. Then you will prosper. You will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Now, as I said, I, I want us to, There's so much in that passage we could look at, but I want us to look at two truths, really actions that we can take based on what, what the Lord says to the Israelites in this passage when it comes to following Him this year. And the first action, I would say this way, is that we can choose faith over fear. We can choose faith over fear. Like I said, Moses had been leading them, led them out of Egypt, across the Lord parted the Red Sea, the Israelites went through, and then when the Egyptian Egyptian army tried to follow them, the Lord you know, covered them back up with the sea. Well, uh, what the Lord had invited them to do was not just to get past the Red Sea. He was leading them, and He invited them to the Promised Land 40 years ago. So what, what happened? Why have they been for 40 years wandering in the desert? Well, if you, if you go back and read, they, 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 were, they made it fine through the Red Sea, but then they came to a place called Kadesh Barnea, it was kind of a, a landing area, staging area, to get ready to go into the promised land. In fact, if you read the first chapter of Deuteronomy, it says it should have only taken 11 days to get where they needed to go. It took 40 years of them wandering in circles. But what happened was when they got to the staging area, Moses sent 12 men into the new territory, into the land, the promised land, to scout it out and Two of them came back and said, man, we got to go for it. It was a man named Caleb and Joshua, one this book is written about. The other 10 said, wait a minute, there's giants in there. I mean, this is going to be hard. I think we better hold up a little bit. In fact, in Numbers chapter 13, verse 31, this this is how it went. It said, but the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report. That's the opposite of a faithful report. A bad report about the land they had explored. They were afraid. They were afraid to fail. So they didn't go. By the way, failure is always a possibility when we're walking by faith. Because there's risk involved. It's always a possibility when we're taking steps of faith. And I want to tell you, I have decided in my life that I would rather fail trying to follow God by faith than to succeed living by fear. But because of fear, they chose fear over faith. They find a whole generation of people spending their one life going in circles. It's going in circles. It's what happens. We find ourselves uh, going in circles when we choose to follow fear. Man, there's always that possibility. Fear comes to us every day, and and that's what happened to them. Now, you know, there are believers, there are followers of Christ today that really, for a long time, they've been going in circles because they're letting fear be what leads them. Some churches are doing that, have been doing that for way too long. Rather than choosing faith over fear. And this, this new year is an opportunity. Maybe you have found yourself in that place. Maybe uh, you kind of lost confidence in the Lord, or you don't even realize you've kind of fallen into just being fearful about all the things that are in front of you. So this is a great time to kind of step back for a minute and go, wait a minute, what is it? Who is it that's leading my decisions and my life? Because... God is always, as we follow Him, God is always going to lead us to places where we have to trust Him, where we can't do it on our own. He never stops doing that. I remember a time when, when I was pastoring in Monmouth. I, I was the second pastor of what was called then Central Baptist Church in Monmouth, uh, Oregon. Uh, uh, the folks living in Monmouth, uh, you, you know what I'm talking about. It's Today it's called Cultivate Community. But I when I became the pastor, there was like 75 people there, and we had a new building that we really hadn't even finished yet, and we had some real financial needs, didn't have a lot of money, had real needs coming, and, and I didn't know what to do uh, except I, I just gathered us to pray. After a Sunday morning worship service one day, I just said, anybody would like to stay and pray, and we had a big circle in the auditorium. We were just asking God to provide for our financial needs. And uh, I remember Beverly was praying, my wife was praying, and she was saying, God, you know what we need. Please provide this need for us so we don't have to trust you quite so much. And then she paused like that. And we all kind of started laughing a little bit because she she was voicing kind of how we felt. Isn't that how we feel even now? You know, it's... Lord, come through in this so I don't have to keep trusting you so much, but the Lord's going to keep leading us to places, often places we've never been before, which was true for the Israelites, they would never been here before, where we we have to trust Him, where we can choose to trust Him and and find what He has next. So that leads to the first question I want to give us, uh, a question that I think is very important. Questions are powerful. The questions we ask help shape the direction of our lives. So, Here's a question that that I think is important for us as we continue to grow stronger in following the Lord is this. Lord, what does it mean to trust you in this situation? Lord, what does it mean to trust you? Maybe money's tight. Maybe I'm in the midst of a relational problem. Maybe it's a a work-related issue or economic, whatever it is we ask this question in the midst of it. Not just, what should I do? How do I figure out this problem? But Lord, what does it mean to trust you in this situation? Now notice, I didn't say, what does it mean to trust the Lord in this situation? That is a fine question. But that's a question about the Lord. And I I think we want to keep learning how to not just talk about the Lord, but talk to Him. So this question really comes, it becomes like a prayer, but it, it, it's interacting with the Lord. Lord, what does it mean to trust you about this situation? See, our, our default is usually fear, but if we can learn to ask this question in the midst of that. Uh, last month I asked this question when Beverly and I had COVID, and in one day Beverly got really sick. She really went down. By the end of that day, the doctor said, told me I needed to take her to the hospital. And I have told some of you this. It got a little scary. And um, so I'm asking this question to the Lord. What does it mean to trust you right now? And two thoughts came to my mind. One is, you know, remember that you have hope no matter what happens here. Heaven is real. But the other thing that came to mind is remember my power and my strength and my care for you. So ask me to help. Ask me to, to bring healing to her. Because, you know, at that moment, just because you go into the hospital, I didn't know if she'd come out. None of us did. But thankfully, she did. And, and the Lord uh, has, is working to heal her and she's getting better and better. I know that's not always what happens. But the question was, what does it mean to trust you? I can promise you that was helpful to me, even when I didn't know what the answers would be. Again, we can get so consumed with just trying to figure out what to do, we can miss asking this question of trust, of faith, choosing faith over fear. The Israelites had chosen fear and it had left them stranded for a long time. Now they have the opportunity, a new opportunity, this whole new generation to choose Faith. So choose faith over fear is the first action I would give us. And then the second from this passage is just to remember God's presence. In the midst of choosing faith, remember God's presence. Now I want to go back again and read it starting again in verse 8, where he said, Keep this book of the law always on your lips. The law would have been the Torah, the first five books of our Old Testament. Keep it on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Just first of all, real quickly, notice what what the Lord told Joshua. He says, you need to keep my word, the Torah, For us, it would be the whole Bible. Keep my word. Speak of it. Put it in your heart. Dwell on it. Let it be on your lips. You do what it says. Let it be your authority. Man, in this day, we need some authority, some truth that is unchanging in the midst of this crazy, fast-changing world. And he says, remember my word. But then he gives these words of challenge and promise. He says... Be strong and courageous. Be very strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Again, he says that. Do not be afraid. Don't choose fear. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord, your God, will be with you wherever you go. It's like, uh, Lord, why do you keep telling us to be strong and courageous? Uh, Something we need to know? Yep. Yep, you need to remember this. You're going to go into a new land and it's... It's going to be full of blessing, but it is not going to be full of ease. And there's going to be battle. There's going to be wars. Be strong and courageous. No, don't be first fearful. Be strong and courageous. And, he's, and then he says, here's what's going to help you be strong and courageous. <laughs> Remember that I will be with you. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. See, we can be courageous when we remember we're not alone. And he said it even more personally a couple of verses before this. When he's speaking to Joshua, he said, Just as I was with Moses, I will be with you. Is there a greater promise in the Bible than God saying to his children, I, God, will be with you? Wow. See, God in the Old Testament, God gave Israel the tabernacle and the Ark of the Covenant to represent His presence and manna in the desert and the temple and the pillar of cloud by day and the uh, one of fire by night as a reminder, hey, don't forget, I am with you. And then when God Himself came to earth, when Jesus came, His name was Emmanuel. He was given the name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And when Jesus left, His promise was to send His Spirit to live within us. So He he would say to us, I am with you. I am with you. See, it matters who is with us. When I was in middle school, I really wanted to be a good basketball player. Truth of it was I, I was mediocre at best, and I didn't have a lot of confidence in my abilities, except on the days when I was put on Mike's team. Mike was a friend a year older than us, but in eighth grade, Mike was six foot six. And so uh, he was head and shoulders above everybody. And I'm going to tell you something. When I was on Mike's team, I got a lot better. My confidence grew. In fact, I could do a little trash talking if I needed to. Why? Well, I didn't get any better, really. What made the difference was who I was with and who was with me. Now think about the fact that that the Bible tells us that when we surrender our lives to Jesus, He, He fills us with His Holy Spirit. God Himself indwells us. He is with us. Let me ask you something. How would your life look different? What would it mean if you really believed that? If you really believed it were true that God Himself was with you, how would you approach things differently? How would you see them differently? In fact, that leads to the second question I want to give us that we could ask so often. And it is this, Lord, since you are with me, how should I see this situation? Or, Lord, since you're with me, how should I face this? Or, Lord, since you're with me, what should I do? What should my perspective be since God himself is with me? You see, we don't have to ask, God, would you be with me? When I go do this, He already is, if you belong to Christ. Now, this is hard for us so often because we don't feel Him. So often it feels like we don't feel Him or we, we, don't, we can't see what He's doing. I'll tell you, I'm thankful that God's presence is not determined by my feelings. Uh, Frederick Buchner said, There is no event so commonplace but that God is present within it always hiddenly, always leaving you room to recognize Him or not. Because in the last analysis, all moments are key moments, and life itself is grace. Lord, since You're with me, how should I see this situation? What should I do? Since You're with me. There have been people throughout history who have begun to grasp this truth, that God is with them. Nicholas Herman was in the food service industry. He he had he had stints in the military and transportation, but he ended up as a short order cook and a bottle washer. But he became very dissatisfied with his life. He, he even began to question whether he actually knew the Lord or not. And, and one day he was just looking at a tree and the same truth struck him that that struck the psalmist. He he he's um he began to to think about the tree and he said, the secret life of the tree is that it remains rooted in something other and deeper than itself. And so he decided to make his life an experiment of what he called a habitual, silent, secret conversation of the soul with God. Now, he is known today by, by a different name. He was never... Uh, well-known in his life. He never became CEO of his his, uh, organization. In fact, he never left the kitchen. But people around him found that rivers of, of living water flowed out of him in such a way that it made them want to know God the way he did. One person wrote of him, he said, the good brother found God everywhere, as much while he was repairing shoes as while he was praying with the community. We know him today as Brother Lawrence. And that name was given by his friends. And after his death, they took some of his writings and put it into a book called Practicing the Presence of God. It's been said in the the last 400 years, that book has sold more than any other book other than the Bible. He began to understand, to believe, to live, as if what was really true was true, that God was with him. Now... I want to just give one other thought about this, this question of God, if you're with me. It's, it's Like I said, it's hard to sometimes to believe that. It's hard to see that. I remember the first time that uh, I went to Africa, Beverly and I took a, a mission team there. And we'd been there a few days and, and each day it was kind of cloudy and people from there kept saying, oh, I wish we could see Mount Kenya today. And I was thinking, yeah, that'd be cool, but you know, I live in Oregon and and uh, I was used to seeing Mount Hood, and it's magnificent, it's majestic, and I love looking at mountains. But I was thinking, oh, I've seen some pretty great mountains, and that's cool. But about three or four days in, we, uh, we were driving, we were in our vehicle, and, I, and the driver said, oh, there's Mount Kenya. And I remember looking out the window, I'm like, I don't see it. I don't see it. And finally, the driver looks. Well, where are you looking? I said, I, I, I don't see it. And he says, no, no, no. no. Look out there. Look up there. And I went, oh. I mean, it was huge. It was huge. You know, some days, we just aren't seeing God. Maybe because we have... Clouds of doubt that blind us, maybe for a lot of, a lot of reasons. Maybe be, because He's just such a part of the ordinary, we just we get used to it or, or we miss Him. And sometimes, maybe it's because we aren't looking high enough. But the thing is, whether I saw that mountain or not, did not determine whether that mountain was there. It had been there the whole time. And the same is true with God. I will be with you. I will be with you. So I hope that you will take these two questions. Let them become a regular part of your life. Really, my prayer is not just for this year, but for the rest of your lives. Get used to it. Let it be a normal part of your life to say, Lord, what does it mean to trust you in this situation? Lord, You're with me, okay? So since you're with me, how should I look at this? How should I see this? What should I do? I look forward to what happens in your life as you begin to trust Him, begin to interact with Him in these ways and see Him respond and see Him lead you very likely in places uh, you would not have gone on your own. And and I don't want to close without just mentioning this. I've been talking primarily to those who have relationship with Christ. But I I do want to say that if you're watching this and you've not yet come to a place of entering a relationship with Jesus, oh my goodness, Uh, beginning of a year, I can't imagine a better decision to make because it doesn't mean life gets easy if you give your life to Christ, but it does mean you're never alone, that God himself will walk with you and not just in this life, but for eternity. And if that's something you have more questions about or desire, I hope that you'll talk to someone at your campus or someone you trust that knows the Lord and learn what it means to trust Him, to walk with Him. Uh, Let's pray together. Lord, I thank You that no matter what this year comes, You will not change, and You will be good all the way through. I thank You that we can trust You. I pray that You would remind us Bring to mind these questions later today, later this week, to help us grow in our, in, our, just in our trust in You, our awareness, our belief, our trust that You are with us. Thank You that You make that possible through Your death and resurrection. And Lord, I pray for every person that this year they would, uh, they would follow You, trust You, maybe in ways they never have before, and lean into you, that their confidence in you would grow, that you would accomplish through this church, you would accomplish through these people what only you could do. Lives would be changed, families reunited, purpose found. Lord, thank you. Thank you for what we have to look forward to, no matter the circumstances, because of who you are. pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Resonate Church Sermon Podcast. If you are a college student in the Northwest or if you simply want to see college students come to know Jesus, please connect with us by visiting Resonate.net.